0: For you guys this morning, grateful to the Lord uh, that we get to to worship Him today. Um, we get to worship God in spirit and in truth this morning. Um, we need the spirit, but we also need the truth. Amen. We need the truth of God to help us walk through this life. Because everybody thinks they've got truth. Everybody thinks they do. In fact, some people would go far as to say that there's no such thing as truth. Everything is just relative to whatever I think or whatever I feel, whatever I want. But we know from the scriptures that there is truth and that God is truth. And so we need truth today need a spirit. Um, we need the word of God. So I'm grateful this morning, uh, for you guys. And I'm just excited to continue in this series with you. Um, call P you guys going to join this series? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So man, listen, I'm, I'm encouraged that we get to walk through this together. I'll get My situation I'll get straight here. Hold on. Okay, there we go. So I'm just encouraged that we get to walk through this together. Listen, I want to say a couple things. Um, we've been in 21 days of prayer, and um, I don't know about you, but it's been so encouraging to my soul to, like, pray the promises of God in the Scriptures um, and just to sort of see how God keeps his word to his people. And we gather every Saturday morning for prayer uh, here at Epiphany. And we were in prayer yesterday. um, And it was just a few of us here. But the Spirit of God was present with us yesterday. I mean, it was remarkable. And we just prayed Psalm 89 um, how God's faithful love is forever. Like, it it doesn't end. It never stops. His faithful love is forever. And so, like, as we sit here in this moment, I want us to remember that and recall it to our hearts that God's faithful love is forever and that there's nothing that you can do to change that. Like, there's nothing that you can do. The scripture says that what shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing is the answer. And so, as you sit here and as you... Uh, prepare your hearts to receive the word just be mindful of that be mindful of the fact that nothing can separate you from the love of God his faithful love his steadfast love it is forever that's passed your life to the generations to your children's children his love is faithful and so just keep that in mind this morning and listen invite some people to church today. I want to share this just a moment of transparency. Like I, this week, the Lord was kicking my butt, which happens um, when you're preparing to preach and all that stuff like that. Like God's just like giving me rib shots all week long. And so, you know, a couple of them, I was trying to eat them, was like, nah, nah, I don't want that. But then other stuff, like you just got to surrender. Um, and one of the things that the Lord got me about this week was, you know what? I've God spoke to me that he's going to grow this church. He's going to grow it exponentially by the end of the year. Um, and part of that, we play a role in that. And so we've got to invite people off the church. And I said, you know what? Like, I didn't invite anybody to church this week. And so how can I expect you guys to be doing that if I haven't done that? So I want to repent for that. Uh, But I was out this morning uh, early, and I invited some people to church, and so hopefully they come. They thought it was a little bit weird. It was like 7 in the morning. Uh, Probably they were walking around. But invite some folks to church. So I want you to look to the seat to the left of you. Go ahead, look to the seat to the left. If there's a seat, sorry. If there's a seat to the left of you. But look to the seat to the left of you, and look to the seat to the right of you, okay? And think of those two seats as your responsibility. Okay? Think of those two seats as your responsibility to make sure that there is a body in those seats. Because every seat that's empty is a missed opportunity for somebody to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we want people to hear the gospel. We want people to respond to it. We want them to have as many opportunities as possible to do that. so grab a handful of these cards, these invite cards. It has our service times on them. It has our address, social media stuff, and just hand these out. Invite somebody to church. Say, hey, come to church with me this week. I got a seat saved for you. And so uh, let's do that together as a community because the church is a home for those who don't have a home. And so we want to walk in that. We want to be inviting and hospitable because our God is inviting and hospitable. And so we want to model that. Amen. Okay, so let's jump in to this um, third installment of this series called B. So the problem in our, of our culture is that we walk inside of an existence that is validated more by doing than it is by being. And Jesus came to upset that notion that the way, the gateway into the Father's embrace is by doing. Jesus came to disrupt that. Uh, if you remember the story of Jesus' baptism, uh, the, the, the Spirit descended onto him like a dove. The, the heavens opened up and his baptism and it said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And at that point, Jesus hadn't done one miracle. He hadn't performed anything yet, Uh, but the father was pleased with him simply because he was his son. And that's a sweet reminder for us this morning is that God is pleased with us in our being more than he is in our doing. And so we respond to that by becoming who God has called us to be. And so if you remember last week, I told us is that we are becoming what we already are. Uh, we are on the, in, the, in the trajectory and the pathway of becoming all that God has already designed us and created us to be. And we just have to respond to the gospel and walk in the truth and the reality of the scriptures that cause us to live lives of lifestyles of worship that are submitted to the Lord Jesus as we walk and try to leverage our work and live woven and, and love the word and do all those things that we love to talk about here at Epiphany. But this statement here uh, uh, that I want to make is I want us also to remember that we are in the year of definition. Anybody remember that? Like in in the beginning of the year, God spoke to me and said, this is a year of definition for Epiphany Church. And I want to call us to be who we are. But I also wanted to call us to who we are not. And so that's what this series is all about. This series is designed to help us understand who it is that we are, but also who it is that we are not. So here's what I want you to know. We are a church more committed to being than we are to doing. See, we're a church that is more committed to being than we are to doing. And the second thing I want you to know is that we are the kind of church that will speak truth courageously in the midst of darkness and adversity, regardless of what's going on in our lives. And so, as we walk in that, I want us to take note, and I want us to to continue to learn about what it means to be as we trek through this series. So this week, we're going to learn about what it means to be courageous from a message titled "Be Courageous" <laughs> from Matthew chapter four. I, I'm not very creative with this, the sermon titles in this series; it's like be whatever the thing is that I'm trying to help you to be. Uh, last week it was be. Be kind. Alright, so this week it is be courageous. And so I want to walk us through that. Join me. Matthew chapter 14. I'll be in verse 27, but I'll read from t- verse 22 on down to 27 and I'll pitch my tent in verse 27. Uh, if you don't have it, we'll have it up here for you on the screens. Uh, let me encourage us again. Uh, we, we are a church that loves the word. Amen. And so we since we're a church that loves the word, uh, I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. Uh, bring your Bible to church. I know we live in a digital age and everybody takes notes on their phone and all that stuff like that. That's cool. That's great. I think we should be there. But uh, let's just be real. Like if you pull out your phone in the middle of somebody preaching, if we ever invite a guest here or if we ever and people start coming here and they see you like sitting on your phone scrolling like that, they think you're on Instagram. Like they don't—they don't really think that you're paying attention and taking notes. Not that you should be all worried about what people think, but we want to communicate to people that we love the word. And so, bring your Bibles. If you don't have one, we've got a bunch of them for you. We can give you a Bible. Uh, and so, don't worry about that. If you need one, you just raise your hand and say, "Hey, I need a Bible." Uh, but bring your Bibles to church and take some notes, and so that we can really show forth uh, here that we have a culture that loves the word. Amen. And so Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 through 27 um uh, we'll have it for you here on the screens hear these words of our father. And it's very hot cuz somebody turned the 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 air. Maybe it's just the lights this week. I don't know what's going on. It's very hot up here for me. Um <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> My long sleeve shirt, that could be part of it too. <laughs> Thank you, love, <laughs> for pointing that out for me. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. It's my helpmate right there. She keeps me in line. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, amen. All right. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 27. Hear these words of our father. It says that immediately, somebody say immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat. And go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. He had just fed 5,000, so he had to dismiss those people. And after dismissing the crowds, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. Sometimes you got to get alone to pray. you got to dismiss the crowds of thoughts and ideas and distractions and get alone to pray up on the mountain with your father. Well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. How many know that they were in the middle of a storm right now? And that's say the truth for some of you in the room today. You're in the midst of a storm. But watch what happens here. It says Jesus came toward them. He came toward them. And in the midst of your storm, Jesus, he comes towards you, too. And so while they were uh, on the sea, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea. That's not, that's supposed to surprise you a little bit, um, that Jesus was walking on some water. I know we hear that story all the time, but it's, it's, it should still surprise you that a, a human uh, was walking on some water. If you think it's okay, you go ahead and try it and see how you wind up. Uh, But Jesus, he came, he was walking to them very early. He came walking to them on the sea very early in the morning. Verse 36 says that when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Verse 27, this is where I want to pitch my pitch my tent today. He said immediately, somebody say immediately. Jesus spoke to them. Have courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, severing the marrow from the bone. And God, I pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls. And God, when we hear this word, may, may we respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. And God, it's in that same spirit that I pray that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer in who I place all of my trust in Jesus. mighty name I pray. Amen. David, a two year old boy with leukemia, was taken by his mother to the hospital at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston to see Dr. Truman, who specializes in treating children with cancer and various blood diseases. Dr. Truman's prognosis was devastating for his parents. He told them, he said, he has a 50-50 chance. The countless clinic visits, the blood tests, the intravenous drugs, the fear and the pain, the mother's ordeal can be almost as bad as the child's because she must stand by idly, unable to bear the pain herself. I got some mothers in the room who understand. But David, the little two-year-old boy, he never cried when he was going into the waiting room. Although his friends in the clinic, the nurses and the doctors and the aides, had to hurt him and stick him with needles, he hustled in ahead of his mother with a smile every single time he had to go into the waiting room. Because he was sure of the welcome that he would get while he was there. When he was three, David had to have a spinal tap which is an extremely painful procedure at any age. And it was explained to him that because he was very sick, that Dr. Truman had to do something to him to make him better, but it was going to hurt him. And so little David, they told him, they said, if his mom told him, she said, if it hurts, remember that it's because they love you. The procedure was horrendous, as you could imagine. It took three nurses to hold three-year-old David down. And while he yelled and sobbed and struggled, they were holding him still. But when it was almost over, the tiny little boy, soaked in tears and sweat, he looked up at the doctor and he grasped him and he said, Thank you, Dr. Tooman. Thank you for hurting me. And I want to submit to us today this idea that when we follow Jesus, we have to be ready to be courageous like Jesus, even when it hurts. See, when we when we follow Jesus, we have to be like this little boy who understood that there are some things that are going to happen in my life. There are some challenges that are going to happen in my life, and a lot of that stuff is going to hurt. But I know that this is happening because my God loves me, and he wants to see the best for me, and he wants me to become who he wants me to be. And so this series for us, I want us to understand here as we're tracking through this, we're in the year of definition, and definition just means to determine what something is. And so I want us to understand that God is the one who is determining who we are, and so as we walk through this, we get a clear picture of who it is that we're supposed to be. And so here, what I want to submit to us today is that the thing that God wants us to be as we walk throughout this life, the thing that God wants Epiphany Church to be is courageous. See, God wants us to be courageous, and he wants us to walk in courage, and here's what I want you to see. This is my first idea. The source of courage is the word of God. See, it said here, immediately, this immediately, it means to uh, go straightway, immediately shows uh, us the response of Jesus here to the disciples' fear. Remember, they were on the boat in the middle of the darkness, and a figure that they believed to be a ghost was walking towards them on the water. Now, listen, I'm grown, right? I'm a man, and I'm, like, big and, like, all that stuff like that. But there's still sometimes, like, when I'm in my living room and everybody else is going upstairs— And, you know, it's like, all right, Derek, it's time to go to bed now. And so, like, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And so that means I got to turn off all the lights downstairs. And so I'm turning off all the lights, and I'm trying to, like, I'm negotiating in my mind, like, all right, which light can I leave on? Like, (laughs) because I got to run upstairs, and the ghost is going to get me, like, if I don't run fast enough, like. (laughs) And so I'm downstairs. I'm trying to figure it out. And, and I'm down there and I'm turning off the lights. And I still sometimes I get stricken with fear. Now, it's irrational because there's no ghosts in my house. Uh, but it's it's sometimes like you believe that something is against you or something is on you. Like you're trying to figure out how can I keep this light on? And so I flick the lights on and then I flick the light off and I go take off boom, up the stairs. Come on, I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all act like y'all ain't never scared or nothing like that. But listen, sometimes like I be nervous. <laughs> and so see, especially since I'm a Christian now, I became a pastor and all that stuff like that. I believe in demons and ghosts and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I think stuff is on me and they're trying to get me. So I cut off the light. So imagine this. I'm just trying to paint you a picture. Imagine you being on the boat in the middle of the water, and you see something coming towards you. Like, imagine that. And so, like, you're not thinking, oh, that's my homie right there. Like, you're not thinking, oh, that's my savior who's coming towards me. You're thinking, what in the world is that thing? The little sheet that you laid over top of the vacuum cleaner is like, what is that? (laughs) And so my aunt scared me so bad one time, she put a a sheet over, I wasn't listening to her, so she put a sheet over the vacuum cleaner and put it in front of my room when we were sleeping, so I came out, I opened the door, and the thing was, "Ah!" (laughs) there. I was terrified. Listen, I needed some courage. (laughs) But listen here, see this thing walking to him on the water. And listen, you, you see Jesus walking on the water, and they they're trying to figure out who it is. That just lets you know Jesus was a manly man because he must have had a lot of core strength to hold himself up on the water like that. That was a joke. (laughs) So Jesus is there. But here's what I want you to know. As we move towards being courageous, Jesus responded immediately to their fear. Jesus, it says that immediately he responded. Verse 27, immediately Jesus spoke to them. And I want to let you know today that if you have fear today, Jesus will immediately respond to your fear. If you have doubt today, Jesus will immediately respond to your doubt. If you have anxiety in here today, Jesus will immediately respond to your anxiety. And so that should allow us to walk in courage a little bit. That should allow us to know that, listen, even though I've got fear right now, even though I'm walking in anxiety right now, I know that my God will respond immediately and he will not delay in coming to my rescue. He will not withhold himself from helping me in the midst of this storm. And so we can walk a little bit taller and we can walk with a little bit more strength because we know that our God will respond immediately to our condition. And he doesn't respond like a butler or a bellhop. No, that's not what I'm talking about. He responds like a loving father. See, any parents in the room, they know that when you become a parent, God equips you with a sixth sense. It's called hypervigilance. And hypervigilance is defined as an enhanced state of sensory sensitivity accompanied by an exaggerated intensity of behaviors whose purpose is to detect activity. Let me explain. We were at a wedding yesterday. It was a beautiful wedding. And the kids were, it was like 25 kids at this wedding, and they was running all over the place. And so some of them were bad. Um. And <laughs> like if you grew up in a house like me, you weren't allowed to play with bad kids. Like you just weren't allowed to do that uh, because I don't want you to get a whooping for something that somebody else did. Uh, and so uh, my daughter, she's out playing. She's playing with these kids and I am hyper vigilant. I am just like watching everywhere that she's going. I'm looking all around trying to see what she's doing, where she where she went. And there was one period where we couldn't find her for a little while. And so I'm like, OK, Jesus, um, I need you to help me here because my sensitivities is a little bit heightened. And so we went walking, me and this other mom, we went walking, and we were walking around this trail. Uh, and then my daughter came back, and she came running, and she's like, Daddy, they they way over there. And so I'm like, that's my baby. You tell them, them kids. <laughs> and so the kids was way over there somewhere else. But my, my sensitivities were heightened because that's my child. And I'm concerned about her well-being. And that's the same thing with God. God is concerned about our well-being, so his sensitivities are heightened towards us. And so I need you to know that. It's like a sonar tracking device for his children. Uh, uh, Second Chronicles tells us, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth so that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And so when your heart belongs to the Lord, guess what he does? He surveys the earth for you. When you belong to the Lord, he, his eyes go to and fro to see how he may support you strongly so that you can walk in what he's called you to walk in. When you belong to the Lord and your heart is his, he is watching and surveying the earth for you like a hypervigilant father would do. And that should give us courage to walk and know that God is by our side. And so here is how he immediately responds to us. It says in verse 27, it says, Immediately Jesus spoke to them. See, your courage finds its source in the words of God. See, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through challenge and you're facing fear, it has to be the word of God that will sustain you. See, if if the word of God doesn't sustain you, if you can't respond to the words of Christ in the midst of difficulty, then you're going to have a hard time navigating through that thing. And so most of us, we lack courage because we've been hurt by disappointment. See, many of us lack courage because we've been let down by unmet expectations. We're quiet because we we know that this is true. And at, at times we 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 lack the courage that is necessary to take the step of faith that God is calling us to because we've been hurt by people. You tried to start the business before and it failed. You tried to take that class before, and you didn't get the grade that you wanted. You attempted the relationship before, and it turned out to be spoiled. And we need to be healed of our hurt and disappointment if we are going to walk in courage again. And that's why the word of God says in Psalm 107, verse 20, it says that he sent out his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. And so I want to submit to us today is that the word of God will heal us and it will place us back in the race of faith and courage if we would just submit our hearts to the word of God. We need courage to have what we talked about last week, which is the, which is kindness. And to have kind conversations, like, we need courage in order to do that. And so courage is, I want you, this is my next idea, courage is, watch this, it's something you already have. See, courage is something that you already have. Because here's uh, verse 27, he says, Jesus spoke to them, and hear what he said. here's what he said to them. He says, have courage. Other translations would say, take courage. So in other words, it's depicting for us is that courage is something that we already possess. It's just something that we need to grab a hold of. See, courage is something that you already have and because courage is just synonymous with faith. So when you hear me say courage, hear me also saying faith. And so when God is calling us to have courage, he's calling us to have faith. And we've been giving all the faith that we already need. We don't have to go out and get any more faith. We've got all the faith that we already need. All we have to do is access the faith that God has already given to us and so as we walk through this i want us to see here isaiah 41 6 says is that each one helps the other and says to one another take courage and so at the community of god as we live woven with each other we gain courage by walking with each other and telling each other say listen brother i want you to take courage in the midst of this i see you walking and you looking a bit little bit timid but i need you to take courage i need you to walk in the thing that god is calling you to walk in right now and i need you to take courage See, the community of God helps us with that. And, 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 and as we walk through this and we see this, there are many instances in the scripture where it says to take courage. Acts 27, it says, now I urge you to take courage because there will be no loss of any lives but only the ship. See, oftentimes we think that when we go into stuff and we have fear, it's because we're afraid that it's going to affect us personally. And oftentimes we think that it's going to cause us some harm and it's going to damage us, but I want you to know that God will not allow you to suffer any loss when you are following after him. And that's not to say that you won't come up against stuff, but that is to say that your source is different. That is to say that the stuff that you rely on is different. So when the job goes away, guess what? You're not relying on the job as your source of provision. You're relying on God who will provide for you so you can walk a little bit differently because you've got courage in knowing that God is your provider. And so I want us to know this because courage at its root is faith at its root courage is faith and so when he calls them to take courage when he says take courage here they're they're in the middle of a storm they're in the middle of the waves and the winds crashing and and they're in the middle of that and and, in darkness they see a figure coming towards them and they're fearful and so jesus tells them he says listen i don't want you to be afraid take courage and see, here's what happens. Oftentimes, we think that talented people change the world. That's what we think. We think that you know what, God, I, I can't do what you're telling me because I, I just don't have the skill set. We say, God, you know what, I can't do what it is that you're that what you're calling me to do because I I, I don't have the competencies in order to do it. But talented people aren't the ones who affect the world. Courageous ones do. And so I want to submit to us is that as we're in a season of becoming and we're defining ourselves, I want us to be defined as a courageous church. I want us to be defined as a church. You know what? We may not have all the skill sets. We may not have the most talented people and all that stuff like that. We don't got all the flashy people and all the flashy stuff. But you know one thing that we have? We got courage. And I want us to go out into this community and proclaim the goodness of God with courage and to communicate to people that are lost that there is a way and his name is Jesus. And if you will walk with him, you will find life and life more abundantly. So I want us to walk in that because talented people don't change the world. Courageous ones do. And so you got to know that. And here's what you also got to know, that a lack of courage inhibits your effectiveness. So if if you're in the middle of a project at work and it's cause it calls for you to take some risk. But you're not sure about the risk that you need to take, because if you if if, if you mess up, things might go bad and all that stuff like that. But at times, the only way that you can navigate in some stuff is to take the necessary risk in order to see it happen. See, when penicillin was 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 made. Right. I'm pretty sure that he messed up a bunch of times before that. And the reality is, is that as you're pursuing what God is calling you to, you're going to mess up a lot. As you're pursuing becoming what God is calling you to be, guess what? You're going to fail at it a lot. But you can't stop pursuing after it with, without courage because courage will inhibit your effectiveness. First uh, Chronicles 28 and 20 says this. It says, Then David said to his son Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God is with you. He won't leave you or abandon you when until all the work for the service of the Lord's house is finished. And see, as we walk in courage today, I want us to know that God is by our side. And so as you're going through different things and as you're walking through and you're trying to figure out what God is calling you to and how you can do what God wants you to do and how you can walk in what God is calling you to walk in. here's what you got to know is that God's presence is with you. And here's my third idea is that God's presence cast out fear. God's presence cast out fear. Verse 27 says immediately Jesus spoke to them saying have courage it is i don't be afraid see jesus speaks to them here and he lets them know he says to them it's i it's me have courage have courage it is i don't be afraid this 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 phrase here it is i can also be translated have courage I am see when Jesus speaks to them and he tells them he says have courage it is I what he's really telling them is this he's telling them he says you can have courage because I am You can have courage because I am the source of what you need. You can have courage because I am your provider. You can have courage because I am your protector. When he's speaking to them, he's letting them know. He says, don't worry about the winds and the waves. I am the creator of those winds. Don't worry about the storm. I am the one who sends the storm and calms the storm. Don't worry about the difficulty in your life. Have courage because I am. The word also means to be. So watch this: as we're growing into who we want to be, who God is calling us to be, we got to recognize who He be. That's not good English, D M X. But we got to recognize who He is. That word also means ever existing. Like God won't stop being what you need Him to be. <laughs> like He won't stop. He won't stop being what you need him to be. We were praying yesterday in Psalm 89, and he says, the words of my mouth, I will not return. He says, the words of my lips, I will not turn away from. God will do what he said he would do in your life. And so as we're walking in this, we've got to be courageous and have faith to know that God will deliver us and he will walk us through whatever it is that we come up against. He tells them, don't be afraid. See, courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless there's fear involved. That's why it's a little book. It's called Do It Afraid. It's like that big. It's and that 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 is it's tiny. It's called Do It Afraid. And that's what God is calling us to. Like there are some ch- transitions and challenges that we, we have to navigate as we move towards who God is calling us to be. And we've got to recognize as I close that there, there, there is, there's going to be obstacles and difficulty that come our way. And so as we're trying, and especially as we're walking in this and we're, and we're walking in what God has called us to be, I, I want you to know that the enemy will come up against you and try to thwart what God is trying to develop on the inside of you. And so when that stuff happens, you've got to walk in courage and know, you know what? It, I can't see it yet, but I know because God said it, that it will be. Pastor Louie preached that for us a, a couple of weeks ago. He says, if God said it, I don't need to see it. And so you don't need to see, see anything if God has said it. And so you might look at your situation and, and think, you know what? God called me to this, but I don't see how this is ever going to happen. Guess what? You don't got to see it because God said it. There is a fine line between courage and foolishness. Jim Fryvick says, too bad there's no fence in between that line. What that means is, is sometimes you're going to look foolish for stepping out in what God has called you to. Sometimes you're going to look foolish for holding up the standard that God has called us to hold up. Sometimes you're going to look foolish for pursuing after something that people don't think you're able to do. But you know that God's called you to it, so you walk in it anyway, and you look foolish to people. But guess what? God uses the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. And so I want us today to be a church. Let me change my language. We are a church who will walk in courage even if we look foolish for doing it. When we came to this city, the first event that we did was over in Helen Chambers Park. And as we were preparing to do that event, we were doing all the stuff that we're doing now to get ready for good in the hood and all that stuff like that. And you've got to fill out paperwork for the city and you've got to request police uh, presence for your event. If it's over a certain number of people. So because our event was, the officer who patrolled that area called me up and said, Derek Parks? I said, yep, who's this? He told me his name. And I said, how can I help you, sir? He said, I just needed to meet the Joker who was crazy enough to come and have an event in this park. And I said, well, that's me. And he asked me, he said, where are you right now? I said, I'm home. Give me your address. I need to come see you. I was like, I don't normally, (laughs) you know, just give people my address, but there you go. So he pulls up to my house in the squad car, He hops out, and he walked up on my porch, and he hugged me and said, I've been trying to get people to come into this neighborhood for years they're too scared they're too afraid they won't do it and I told them I said well I'm not scared because my bible tells me that I've got the gospel and if I got the gospel the gospel is the power of God so if we've got the power of God then that means I don't got to be afraid of anything See, we've got the power of God living on the inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of each one of us if we're in Christ. So we don't have to fear. We don't have to doubt. We can be courageous and walk in faith and know that God is by our side. Shout, we are courageous. Shout, we are courageous. Shout one more time, we are courageous. And in Christ, we will walk in courage as He calls us to do crazy and outlandish and sometimes foolish sounding things. We're gonna do that. We're gonna, we are that kind of church. That's who God's called us to be. And so I want us to just be. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've called us to be. And so God, I pray Lord, as we seek to walk in your words and to be who you've commanded us to be, Lord, I pray that we would have courage and be courageous. Lord, help us to stand firm in faith and know that you are by our side no matter what stands against us. Your death, or life, your sickness, none of that stuff can get in our way. And so God, we call on you today. Make us a people who call upon your name. Make us a people who stand in courage and help us to be who we already are in you. Just like you called out to Gideon, mighty man of valor, even while he's hiding. Call out to us, courageous servants of Christ, even when we hide sometimes. Call into the depths of our heart and call us to rise up and be who you called us to be. It's in the name of the Father, I pray with thanksgiving, knowing that you'll accomplish everything that you said you would do. Christ saved it up.